Hello, Britannia. God bless you all. Look what the Lord has done. It really is a, an honor to be here today. And uh, I just want to commend you on this great accomplishment. You know, it's probably one of the biggest and certainly one of the most beautiful churches in this nation. And in a way, is testament to the, the skill and the diligence, uh, the excellence and the hard work that Romanian people bring to this nation. Um, some of the hardest working people I know are Romanian. God has blessed us in our church. Greetings from All Nations Church to everybody here. Um, some of the hardest working people I know are Romanian. And uh, you're all so good looking. Sometimes I wonder I'm my part Romanian myself. That shouldn't have been so funny. <laughs> you know, God has truly blessed your church. I love your pastors. And, um, you know, it is a tremendous accomplishment. But, you know, Luke chapter 12, verse 48 tells us, to whom much is given, much will be required. And so I pray that you will be faithful because, you know, ultimately that is our one desire, to one day stand before the King of Kings and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And so in light of that, I just have four things that I want to pray for this house. And that firstly, I pray that this will be a house of truth. Pilate stood before Christ and asked, what is truth? Our job as ministers is by God's grace to answer that question by preaching the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ. I think it was Nietzsche once said, God is dead, but you know, Nietzsche is dead and God still lives. And this building is proof and testament to that fact that all things are possible with God. John 8, 32, Jesus said that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. He said in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. Jesus Christ did not present himself to us as an option or as an alternative, but as the truth, the living truth. Psalm 119 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. You see, the Bible is eternal, infallible truth. Truth that guides us through life and gives us assurance even in the face of death. In light of this, therefore, there is nothing more important than the proclamation of this eternal truth. Governments do not have the right to close churches. And I pray that the church in Ireland will never be closed again. You see, we worship by divine call and not by government authorization. You know, many civil... Religious and democratic rights were undermined, usurped, or disregarded during COVID in the name of the greater good. But there is no greater good than the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it is the gospel that saves a soul from hell. And again, this is the irony is that over the last number of years, we had off licenses opened while we had churches closed. You don't church, you don't close A&Es for a reason. Because life happens and people have needs. And in the same way, I believe the church is a vital service 
And, you know, over this period, we saw a, a huge rise in domestic violence, divorce, depression, addiction, and sadly, even suicide. Because clearly, man does not live by bread alone. And, you know, we're seeing the fallout from that season, both economically and in people's mental and physical health, even now. Because being able to work from home or shop online is not sufficient. Churches need to be opened because the light needs to shine. Jesus Christ said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You see, just in the same way as people need to breathe, so too people need to worship. They need to gather for public worship. And it's my prayer that the church in this nation will never be closed because no man, our government, have that right. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, preach the word. In a time of so much lies, spin, and propaganda, the unchanging truth of the gospel must be proclaimed without apology because the need is urgent and the time is short. Matthew chapter 24 says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. You see, culture and fashions change. Leaders come and go. Governments rise and fall. But God's word is eternal truth and must be preached to our generation. I pray this will be a house of truth. Secondly, I pray it will be a house of healing. The prophet Isaiah wrote 750 years before Christ walked on this earth. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. I pray that the broken will find healing in this house. I pray that hearts and homes will be restored and healed in this place. The book of Joel talks about how God will restore the years that the locust has eaten. Hebrews 13 talks about Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, the, the, the Bible tells us that multitudes came to hear and to be healed. And so I pray that marriages will be healed, that bodies will be made well, and that people will find peace for their hearts and their minds in this place. Thirdly, I pray this will be a house of prayer, because it will never be a house of miracles unless it is a house of prayer. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. And in a time in this nation where we see unprecedented violence, Despair, suicide, you know, addiction, divorce, ho hopelessness, homelessness, fatherlessness, all of these issues for which governments have no answer because no one can legislate for the issues in a person's heart. Only the gospel can change a person's heart. And that's why it must be a house of prayer. And lastly, I pray that this will be a house of hope. You know, the book of Hebrews 6, 19 says, this hope we have as an anchor, for our soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. You see, we have an anchor in the storms of life that invariably come against all of us. You know, trials and challenges come. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. There, there is no shortage of issues and problems in this life, but in the midst of these issues, in the midst of these challenges, we have an unwavering hope. And that hope is built on the gospel, it's built on the rock. And, and you know what, at a time in this nation 
where you have so many ordinary people terrified at the prospect of not being able to pay their mortgage or put food on the table for their children or keep their houses warm or keep the lights on. I believe there's an even greater responsibility on us as the church to proclaim the eternal hope that we find in Jesus Christ. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. We have a hope and we must share that hope with others. Because again, like I said, at a time where we have an epidemic of, of mental health issues and brokenness and so many people who need hope, we have the answer. Because the answer is not found with government or some institution or philosophy or ideology. The answer is found in the eternal gospel of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world. That is the answer, the love of God. I look at the cross and I'm reminded that I matter. I look at the cross and I'm reminded that there is a purpose, that there is a meaning to my life, that I'm not an accident. And this is the hope we must offer and I pray that that hope will continue to be offered from this beautiful church and from these beautiful people. I love you all. God bless you. Shalom.